remember angels in the outfield less <laughs> is more remember the well if i just flap my arms remember yeah no i remember yeah <laughs> you know what i remember from that movie nacho butt. yeah yeah nacho but that's what i remember yeah yeah absolutely oh absolutely oh my goodness guys you brought it up hey Spencer. hey listen listen i, I you're our leader you yeah, guide and direct you directed us right in here wow okay <laughs> I don't want our church to be busy for the sake of busyness sake. Mm-hmm. You know, people have come already. Hey, when's uh, Sunday night going to start? When's this going to start? When's this going to start? And my question oftentimes is why? Why do you want that back? And some of it, some people have had good reasonings. Mm. Some have not. Mm. And it's just because, just because. Why do you want Sunday night back? What's the reason? Well, uh, my family liked it. Okay. <laughs> good for your family. There's a lot maybe who don't. Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're so thankful that you could be with us today and join us with this uh, at the, the table here and have a conversation together. Um, sitting around the table with me today is not Scott Slater. He is gone on vacation, having a great time out west uh, at the great outdoors. Um, so we miss our brother Scott today. Hope he's doing well. Um, but sitting around the table, though, with us today is three of us, not without our fourth uh, guy here, is uh, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, Tim Michelangeli, lead pastor here at MMBC, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor here at Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, this podcast, Pastors of the Roundtable, is the discipleship podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church and is brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MNBC in Monroe, Michigan. And our goal as we have a conversation here together and talk and chat is to encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and to connect you to the people and the ministries of MNBC. Um, today we want to talk about, kind of have a conversation, an informal conversation uh, kind of reflecting upon what the last eight months, six months have 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 looked like. Um, you might remember that in January we learned long ago in January at the beginning of this year that there was this virus going around in Wuhan, China, and the first confirmed U.S. coronavirus case. In February, we saw air travel restricted and a public health emergency declared in the U.S. And on March 13th, the president declared a national emergency. And March 15th here at the church for us here in Monroe, in Michigan, was our last Sunday meeting as a church for months. And during that time, we, like other churches, utilized technology um, in order to um, do devotions to get the word of God out as best we could. Um, and, and along with the closing of churches came the closing of schools, the cancellation of sporting events. I remember watching the, uh, just one domino after another happen mm-hmm. after we saw the NBA shut down, the, mm-hmm. uh, March Madness shut down. Mm-hmm. All of these things, uh, stop. Yeah. We, we've experienced stay at home orders, social distancing, quarantines, working from home and wearing masks. And all summer, as we've continued on through this, interesting year that we've been going through. We've seen questions, concerns, and controversies about the virus and the appropriate response to it. In addition to this, uh, we've also experienced and seen the issue of racial justice, social justice, and law enforcement arise alongside the pandemic. And so we've all been affected in multiple ways by these unique times that we find ourselves in. 
And oh, by the way, there's a presidential election coming on, too, if you didn't know. People have experienced fear, sadness, joy, loneliness, anger, apprehension, and anxiety. Now, we've been back together for a while here at the church, which we're very grateful for. We're very thankful to God and His providence that we're able to get back together, to see each other face-to-face, to sing together, to pray together, to read the Bible together, and to hear the Word of God together. But still, things have not gone back to the way they were in 2019. No, 2020 has definitely been a year out of the ordinary, to say the least. And so today we want to have a conversation about this. It's actually become a verb. What it has? People are saying, oh, you got 2020'd. Oh, <laughs> I did not that know before. Uh-uh. No. Well, it definitely has been a year to re- remember or forget, however you want to <laughs> view it, yeah. I guess. Um, and so we want to have, let's talk about it, guys. Let's um, think about this. Um, what has it been like? Whenever you think about 2020 right now, what comes to your mind and... Um, well, I guess, yeah, let's just talk about what comes to your mind What, as you reflect upon it right now. What comes to your mind first? It's not over yet. It's yeah, not it's over. Not over. We've got four months left. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess, in, I guess every year is like this, but it seems long. Yeah. You know, like you said, you, you were talking about January, and I'm trying to think what happened in January. Yeah. Like, it's so long ago, I can't even remember. <laughs> what was going on in January in my life personally or anything. I'm right. just trying to to think through it. So it's just, in a way, it's dragged on. Uh, in a way, it's been, has been very difficult, I think, yeah. for people because it seems like one thing after the other or, you know, hoping you're going to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And the big question seems to be for most people, like, where is that light? When is it? Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. you know, where is it going to come from? What is the light? <laughs> kind of like what is the answer to these things have been questions. So, I mean, really, for me, if I'm going to think about 2020 and try to describe it, I would probably use the word uncertainty. Yeah. Just because... I've been privy to like a lot of meetings where you're trying to make decisions, whether it's for the church or things at the state convention level or like with my wife working in the schools, just privy to schools trying to navigate things. And what I have found is nobody has any answers. Mm. So there's just uncertainty in the air with everything. You know, mm. the, the election, like you said, so much uncertainty, the unrest in society because of, of social things, there's uncertainty. And then with the pandemic, uncertainty. I mean, almost at a frustrating level, like when you sit in a meeting and they're like, we have to make decisions. What do you guys think is going to happen in the next three months? <laughs> like they, people have posed that question in meetings and it's like, no idea. Nobody should say anything because nobody knows. Why, right. why are you asking this question? Right. We don't know the answer. Right. I feel like we're just meeting to meet or right. <laughs> what's going right. on. Uh, so uncertain, just really uncertain. 2020, mm-hmm. like that, that's what I think of. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, well, in March, I mean, we were almost to the point of, I mean, for my life, the busiest part of my life because it's preparing for the Easter program Mm -hmm. that we usually do. Um, So it was kind of (laughs) busy, 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 and then absolutely nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you get whacked in the face and then you're out for a while. Uh, But I I think overall, I would just say frustrating. Mm-hmm. It's been frustrating. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of things you couldn't do that you could do before. Uh, a lot of things that you had to do 
because of all the stuff that you didn't have to do before. Um, yeah, one thing I I'm okay with is actually like personal space. <laughs> I'm okay with us being six feet apart. <laughs> I don't like when people are like super in my face. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I, just everything has just had a level of frustration to it, mm. uh, like watching the news and. Uh, the inconsistencies that you that we've gotten, mm. the changes in policies, and uh, just like they say one thing, or they said one thing in March, and then come April it was a different thing, and then May it was a different thing, mm. and you know March, no, we probably shouldn't wear masks, but then in May, yeah, everyone needs to wear a mask, and mm. and just kind of stuff right. like that. It's just right frustrating. Like who who is right and who's wrong here. Right. Is there a right and a wrong? Is is there like a balance right. somewhere right. in all this? Right. Uh, like even going on vacation, like we went down to Florida in June, mid June. Um, and just kind of like the the looming thought in the back of your mind, like, am I going to come home sick? Right. <laughs> you <Right>. know, <laughs> questions you never asked before. Yeah. Right. 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 And then, I mean, even if I guess even if you did come back, we did get sick and we came back like. I think we would have been okay, but yeah, I, yeah. Like like what you were saying, Tim. Like, uh, just everything is so uncertain right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing is stable. Yeah, it's very unstable. And with uh, the I will vet- say it was it was good when we started church back up. Yeah, even with uh, you know, having to distance and and whatnot. Sure. But like, it was good to actually see people and yeah yeah no i I totally i agree i think it was it's great the the year it's instability um on a on a medical front but also on a social front and on a political front um all around it's just been very unstable i think or at least people feel that Mm -hmm. way Mm -hmm. if even if it it may not be that way real in reality Mm -hmm. so i i as we look at the pandemic, it's obviously one of the things that's happened is it's as with as with every uh, trial and thing that goes on in our lives and in the world, it starts to unmask things, starts to reveal things that maybe we never noticed before about our society, about our church, about ourselves, about our family life, about our jobs. Um, what are some things that the pandemic has unmasked in your world or in the world around you? Uh, in, in other words, what underlying problems or issues um, do you think that it's brought to light for you as a Christian? Oh, personally? Or personally or or as a whole society, just observations, just from your mm. vantage point. Well, I guess I, I was thinking a little different just because I know we're going to get to some other questions, try to answer questions about like specifically the church and family life and things of that nature. So I was trying to go a different route, I guess, and thinking about this question. But just, you know, in society as a whole, I think it, it shows us a, a lot of problems. It, it shows us, for as strong as America is, it shows us how easy it would be to collapse. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. just our economy and how much we're dependent upon that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not many people today have steer in their backyard and gardens that could feed them for a year. Mm-hmm. They, we rely on industry and we, re, we rely on those things. And if all of a sudden something did actually cause us all to have to stop for mm-hmm. a while, you know, we see then 
that infrastructure, the weakness of it, mm-hmm. then that comes from that. For again, yeah. for all the benefit yeah. of it, yeah. you see the yeah. you see the weakness of it, or you know, the schools we can't be open. Oh man, okay, we see our reliance on other people teaching our kids, mm-hmm. and maybe we have to you know maybe we have to take some of that back or whatever. We just we see that we see that weakness, and we've seen the weakness. I think of putting our hope in uh, in a government. Or in a you know in a in our structures, yeah, yeah. Uh, because again, when they start to fall or they start to fail, uh, you start to see a lot of fighting, right? You start to see a lot of problems, which is what we're what we see now with just things, mm-hmm. just the divisiveness. Mm-hmm. And I think the divisiveness really is a it's a fear, it's mm-hmm. a fear based thing. It, it comes from fear mm-hmm. uh, that's happening. And so again, I think we just see the weakness then of our political system again for all the good of it all the blessing and benefit of it just you can see the weakness behind it um the struggle of it this has really brought it uh brought it to light um and then i guess i could keep going on i guess the more, the more i think about it but just the struggle that people are having like matt was saying of of what do you believe we have so much information but yet it seems as if we don't know which information to trust, mm-hmm. you know, and there seems to be a real lack of trust in society in general. Mm-hmm. So a doctor can go on TV and say something and we don't say, well, where did you go to school? We don't even necessarily ask credentials. Our question would seem to be, where do you lie politically? Mm. <laughs> That's what I want to know, yeah. you know, or are you being honest? You know, is this, is this, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whose pocket are you? Who's paying you? Like who's backing this program and different things. Like we're just so unsure of everything and everybody that there's an agenda behind it or, or something. And I'm not saying that's not the case. It very well could be the case, but it just, again, it just shows uh, how fragile even just our trust is and in information Mm -hmm. in general. And, where do we go for good information and real information? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that's just been exposed. I think we could talk about this question for yeah. a long time. Yeah. I mean, I think it, 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 we definitely have a, an issue in our society with trusting sources. Of mm-hmm. their, and, and also we live in a, in a society too, I think, which um, struggles with authority in yeah. the sense in yep. which... Yep. I don't mean authority in the sense in which, uh, you know, like, uh, respecting authority. I mean, like, things to trust, mm-hmm, yeah. trusted sources, trusted people, trusted offices. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what, that's really a, a, a very a th- a thing for us as a, as Christians too. Obviously, we believe we have something to trust in, a message to trust in that we can be confident in. People today don't really have that. Mm-hmm. Outside the church, everyone's questioning. They they may have their own message, yeah, but they don't have they don't have confidence. They don't have certainty. I mean, what do you think about um, one of the things that's happened is it's highlighted too is uh, people have experienced loneliness and depression, mm-hmm. isolation. Yeah. Um, in some ways, I think it's ironic that we're doing social distancing now because through technology we had almost socially distanced ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think one of the things that's highlighted to me is how we're actually not that much different from people of the past. Maybe in the maybe we thought we were different because we could utilize technology and really advance. But there's nothing to replace personal interaction one on one together. Yeah. You cannot replicate that. Yeah. You cannot replicate 
that in church life or work life or family life. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think maybe we, we took that for granted. We didn't realize that as much as what we should have. I think we started to feel that, you know, like they told us to stay at home. And I mean, for me personally, the first little bit of that was awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was yeah. nice to not have all these responsibilities and I'm not even talking about like church responsibilities. I'm just talking like getting the kids to practice, getting them here, getting them there, the running around everyday thing. It was nice not having to worry about that and, and to think about that and how to figure it out. And, and so there was this aspect of it that was really good in that sense of just, you know, it it gave more time Mm -hmm. at home with the family, but soon you know, you started to feel that while this is good, there's something missing. Like I miss, I miss these interactions and you yeah. can talk on the phone. And like, I even had like some, uh, FaceTime chats with yeah. friends and, yeah. you know, it's kind of funny at first or whatever. Like, this is different and trying to do something, but it, it's just not the, it's not the same, right? Yeah. It, it just yeah. kind of, you're like, we just want to get together. And, and even me being someone who doesn't mind being isolated, you know, you just feel that, need for people, which mm-hmm. I think shows um, what I was thinking as you were talking is it unmasked uh, our our feeling that we don't need to be local, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way for me to say it. So many people live in this world, it seems like we sit at home and we watch the national news mm-hmm. that's coming from New York usually, mm-hmm. right? And so we we watch these people and they're in New York and maybe you watch the Detroit station. And so you'll see some Detroit news or, or whatever the case might be. And maybe you read the minority newspaper, which gets you a little more localized, but a lot of the big problems that are happening and the things that we're so concerned and worried about, we're thinking Mm non-locally. Right. And we almost disengage from, Mm -hmm from the here mm-hmm. and people even do this with church. They'll say things like, I don't need to be a part of a local church. I'm part of the church. Mm-hmm. And so they think of themselves in this huge broad area and they forget that we're, we're localized mm. people, right? Yeah. That, that, that I, I'm here and, and now. And so I think a lot of people took that for granted before because they, they had the opportunity to go to work, which forced them to be local, right? Around some people or mm-hmm. their kids were playing sports. But then we, we came into this little realm where we were just in our house and all of our stuff was outside sources. Mm-hmm. And it really raised some anxiety levels in a lot of people because they're mm-hmm. hearing all this stuff worldwide or whatever. And there was no engagement locally mm-hmm. with things that were going on, no. you know? And, um, I, I think hopefully people see that our, our need to remember we're here, right? I'm not in San Francisco. I'm not in Portland. I'm not in Russia. I'm not in any of these places. I'm, I'm right here. And, and I might, those things might impact me and those things might need to be thought about by me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is it like here and the people around here mm-hmm. and, in my case, how can I care for the people here and minister yeah. to the people here? I, I can't really do that there. And that's right. not where I'm called. I'm called right. here. Right. I like what you're saying there, Tim, because another thing, another aspect of that isolation that happens as well is, I mean, a lot of us probably did it. We just ordered stuff through Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I don't even go to the store. Right. No, I don't even talk yeah. to the mailman. 
right, Amazon yeah. drops it off at my front door. Mm-hmm, I click yeah. it and it's here. Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's so important because <laughs> yeah, um, we were doing a lot of that before the pandemic. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of people uh, do. It's because you're a pagan. You're yeah. just, you know, um, but uh, no, I think I think that's right. One of the things that we we it's so easy to forget is you know we we, we talk about abstract things like so we you know earlier today we were making a video about and we we're talking about vocation right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really helpful is vocation takes place with flesh and blood people. It doesn't take place. It's so loving my neighbor is not just some abstract idea here. I have neighbors that God has put for me to love. It's Mm -hmm. my kids, my wife, my next door neighbor, Mm -hmm. the people I work with, the mailman, um, literal Mm -hmm. people that I come into contact with in my orbit and sphere. And whenever we isolate ourselves, it destroys us, but also it hampers our Mm -hmm. ability to do good to others. Yeah. And uh, hinders their relationships. Another thing, too, is um, that God has ordained, and this is part of the reason why we get together as a church, but God has ordained our salvation. God spreads salvation and kindles faith in people, in the hearts of individuals, by having other people tell them about Christ. Mm. That's why we need church. Because you can't, it's you can be strengthened in your faith at home reading the Bible, but you need other people to come to you and tell you that that's true. That's mm. why that's how God has ordained ordinarily for people's faith to be kindled and yeah. strengthened. How will they hear unless there's unless a preacher is sent? Yeah. So we need each other to tell each other the gospel, mm-hmm. and so whenever we isolate ourselves, um, we're destroying our own souls as yeah. well. Yeah. And Very so much. I think it's it's highlighted that that fact that we need each other. Mm-hmm. We need people in our lives. Yeah. And, um, and also one last thing, but and I'll, we can move on from this, but I think, um, it's easy whenever we're watching the news or reading a, an article online, or especially if we're on social media to develop ideas about what other people think about me, yeah. or how my mm-hmm. relationship should be with those people, mm-hmm. whether that be racially or socioeconomically mm-hmm. or religiously or whatever. But I find one of the wonderful things is that whenever I actually go visit or I, or I encounter people who are different than I am, or I go out in the world and I encounter real people, actually our, our relationships go a lot better mm-hmm. because we're actually together mm-hmm. and seeing each other. It's not imaginary. Mm-hmm. And it's real. And I think that that actually heals things mm-hmm. than just simply getting hyped up in a vacuum in our houses. Um, mm-hmm. and then just, uh, destroying ourselves really and doing no good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, we, we characterize people yeah. and, but then when you get to know people and you're actually interacting with them, not on the computer, but face to face and you're seeing how their nonverbals are, you're seeing how they act mm-hmm. and, you know, you're seeing these things. There's, there's a big difference there in getting and yeah. getting to know them. You know, I, I mean, if I were to believe, you know, if I if I sat in my house and just was by myself and I had TV and I had my internet and my computer, I would think that based on my beliefs and my views and my convictions, that when I walk outside of my house, I'm probably going to be shot. I mean, that's really what I would think. I'd be like, everybody is going to hate me because that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. But I don't experience that Mm-mm. in the real world. Yeah, what I've experienced in the real world is even people who have some major differences than me in whatever it may be, religion, uh, politically, whatever. There's a lot more common ground. There's a lot more discussion. There's a lot more care. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're having an, 
an honest discussion with them. And you might even disagree, but it, it seems to not be that way, dare I say, mm-hmm. in real life. Now, mm-hmm. I know that is happening, and I know there are people like that. I, mean, I don't want to downplay that. But again, in the local setting that I find myself or the people that I find myself interacting with mm-hmm. on personal levels, I just, I'm not scared that that's going to happen, right? I just don't think that they're all of a sudden going to to do that. But again, in my own little house by myself, you would you would definitely mm-hmm. think that, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? I mean, <laughs> right. uh, and so there's a lot of, it's a, you know, you're talking about what is unmasked. Uh, the anger and rage that people have has just really been unmasked. Mm-hmm. You know, this just deep-seated, I don't know, rage seems to be coming out. It's And I think it's, it's rooted in fear. Yeah, I do too. It's rooted in fear. Sure. They're angry because they're afraid. Yeah. On and, both sides. Yeah, and some fear you're going to change their lifestyle, you know, which could be a bad thing, could be a good thing. Maybe, maybe they need to change their lifestyle. Um, yeah. Some of it's just an uncertainty. There's right. just fear of uncertainty mm-hmm. and of, of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really brought that out in some people, you know, people who are already angry a lot just seem to be a lot more angry, <laughs> <laughs> but it's unmasked it for some where you're like, wow, you're normally not like this, but you really seem to be angry. Mm. Um, which as Christians, we're called to not be, you know, we're, we're not to fear. You right. know what I mean? We're not right. to, uh, let that stuff base, you know, uh, base our, our life and be, and be dictated by this mm-hmm. fear. We fear the Lord and the things of the Lord and we need to be smart. And there are things we should oppose and all that stuff. I'm not saying any of that. There's stuff that should spark some anger in us mm-hmm. because it's against the Holy God, not because it's against him. It's, it's right. against the holy God. So there, yeah. you have those aspects of it, but it just seems like <laughs> we have anger about mm-hmm. everything, absolutely right. everything. Right. I'm going to be angry right. about it. And right, it's like, right. You need to calm right. down. <laughs> I'm getting angry about what you're saying. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I, I totally agree. I think that it, people are, they're afraid and they're angry. And, and a lot of it is they're, they're uncertain, unstable, um, and anxious. And uh, boy, do we need the gospel to come in and pierce in. One of the things, too, I think that 2020 has highlighted as well is the emergence of what's been going on for a while. But there's this, we live in a very legalistic age. Isn't that, I think it's ironic because a lot of Christians, I think if they heard that statement, they would say, what? I would think it's the total opposite. It's just, uh, you know, licentiousness, liberalism. No, it's it's. We live in such mm-hmm. a legal age where there is no grace offered mm-hmm. on both sides. Mm-hmm. And the law, the one of the things, the, the law is simply in the, the Bible, the law is God's, God's commandments, God's imperatives telling you what you should do and what you ought to be. And the world that creates its own laws. Now, the ironic thing is Paul, I think, highlights too in Romans is, um, nobody, they don't even keep up with their own laws. <laughs> they can't even follow their own regulations on the mm-hmm. right or the left. And so what it highlights to us is the law or which, whether God's law or whether man's made law cannot save. Mm. It cannot save. We need Christ. And I think as Christians, it shows too in our situation in our world, we have a wonderful opportunity to, to be different and to highlight the grace of Christ in the midst of, of, of a very legalistic world, mm-hmm. which needs to know the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. What should 2020, um, well, uh, 
Let's okay. I want to actually let me let me do this a bit different. How has this pandemic changed our church permanently? Do you think? Um, has it has it changed us permanently? And and by that I mean not the core of what we believe, right, yeah. all that stuff, but how we do things. Is there something? And maybe it's too early to tell, mm-hmm. but because. I'll say this, and then I'll let you guys answer, because I was listening to something, somebody one time, and they were talking about how we're not going back. It's right. not going to be the way it was. We are going to be different. And that, now, that's, I think that's certainly going to take place outside the church. Now, the question is, how has this changed our church here in Monroe or the churches around the U.S. permanently and how we do things? Yeah. Um, it's hard. <laughs> I think, okay, so I, I, I think I can answer this This is question. your lead pastor answering <laughs> this. Go ahead. <laughs> I think there are ways I hope it changes things um, for the better, but there's also been some downside as well. So um, I think numerically most churches are going to see their numbers fall, and they mm-hmm. have already. Mm-hmm. So it seems like around our area, the general consensus with who's back to church is like 60 to 70% of people coming to service. Mm -hmm. Now, what's been difficult is knowing of the 30 to 40% who aren't here, why? Mm -hmm. Every church I've talked to, every pastor I've talked to, they've found this to be difficult, except for pastors who have congregations, I would say, of 100 or less. Mm-hmm. Those who have congregations of 100 or less seem to know where their people are because they have a better grasp mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. But once you start going above that, pastors seem to say, we don't know. I, I don't know. You know, Some families I know are, are nervous still, and they're not coming out, which is fine. And so they're trying to adequately still minister to those families. Mm-hmm. But they say, but there's some, I just don't know. I don't know if they're nervous. I don't know if they're just being lazy. I don't know if they just got out of the habit. I don't know if they're going somewhere else. You know, there's these these things. And, and so we face, we face that exact same thing, just not sure. And so I don't know when we will know that answer. Like some say, well... If we get a vaccine, well, that's not true because I've heard so many people say, I won't touch a vaccine. So I don't know how helpful that will be for everybody. You know, it's like, I don't know if that's the solution actually where we'll see. I tend to think we'll be lower in number. Even if everything went back to normal, all of a sudden, I think most churches are going to see their numbers numerically go, go down. Now you can look at that a couple of ways though. Um, I'd say overall, it's a bad thing. You want people in church, whatever their reasoning is. You want them here, Mm -hmm. not just so your numbers are high, but it's good for them to hear God's word preached and these (laughs) Mm -hmm. things. But it also might show you, you know, who really makes the church up and who doesn't, Mm. who's really real about their faith and who's not, who's been nominal, who's just been coming because of convenience or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they got out of the convenience of it, and now they have another convenient thing that they do. Mm kind of clarifies some things sure. maybe as you're trying to figure who's here and, and doing what. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's a way that it's, that it's changed. Uh, I hope if I can speak to how I hope it changes, mm-hmm. I don't want our church to be busy for the sake of busyness sake. Mm-hmm. You know, people have come already. Hey, when's uh, Sunday night going to start? When's this going to start? When's this going to start? And my question oftentimes is why? Why do you want that back? 
in some of it, some people have had good reasonings. Mm. Some have not. Mm. And it's just because, just because, why do you want Sunday night back? What's the reason? Well, uh, my family liked it. Okay. <laughs> good for your family. There's a lot maybe who don't. So if we base it off of that, that's not a good enough reason for us to keep doing this. You know, what's the reason? Why do you want Sunday school back? Why do you want nursery back? Well, I just want to get rid of my kids for a little bit. Well, that's not the best reason, mm-hmm. probably, for a nursery back. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know what I mean? Right. So just really, it's allowing us, hopefully, to really think through everything calendar-wise, weekly-wise. Like, mm-hmm. why do we do what we do, and should we do it? Is, are we just really overburdening our membership with all this stuff? kind of telling them, if you're a good member, you'll be at the men's thing. Women, you'll be at the women's thing. Families will be at the kids' things. The youth will be at all the youth things. You'll be at every service, morning and night, and on Wednesdays. You're going to be a part of the plays and the programs. You're going to be a part of this and this and this. And the next thing you know, we're also preaching to the families. You should have dinner together. You guys should read together in your homes. You know, you guys should be doing these things. And really, their comeback could be, we're not at home. We're here all the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like overburdening us with all Should, this other Shouldn't shit. the church feel like home though, Tim? <laughs> I guess, I mean, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, okay. Yeah, sure. It, sometimes it feels like mine. <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? I do. And, I and do. I'm not saying events and stuff are bad. I, I'm not even saying that. I don't necessarily have the perfect answer, but just... Right. Asking that why question is a great place to yeah. start. Yeah. Because almost, well, I think what this could... If we took advantage of this well as a church what we should have done as well in our lives is give this a chance to reflect and reset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, reset where we're at because, mm-hmm. and also as far as family time and our family lives, but also in church life, we should be aiming for quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and also I, you mentioned earlier about the time to slow down and in our age today, that is so important for us as families because you have to spend time together. And, mm-hmm. and there's just no cure for that. You have to be able to slow down at some level. And just because you're busy does not mean that you're being productive. Right. Mm-hmm. That does not mm-hmm. equal production and it yeah. does not equal edification for other people and you're, and you're resulting in, and you're doing so much better. Yeah. yeah. So I guess an example I could give to that, try to make it practical. I like to plant a garden. And when I first started doing a garden, you know, I would have a garden 10 foot by 20 foot or something like that. And I'd try to throw as many plants as possible Mm. into that garden, like just boom, boom, boom. And and you'd read the thing and it'd say, plant, plant these plants 18 inches apart Mm -hmm. and rows two feet apart. And I'd be like, you know what? I could put a lot more. They'll be nine inches apart and one foot rows and I'll get more from it. What I've found though, as I've grown in wisdom and learned from mistakes with gardening is that if you actually do what it says you get a you get more fruit at Hmm. the end Um, so all of a sudden all of a sudden you're like i planted less plants Hmm. and my garden is less crowded with things but i'm actually getting more tomatoes now than i've ever got i'm getting more okra or zucchini than i've than i've ever got before well, why? Well, because you gave them the space they needed, yeah. right? You've given the plants the things that they've needed and the nutrients they mm-hmm. needed to, to produce well. And I think one of the things that churches do, and I think it comes from a good place, mm-hmm. just like me with my garden. I want to plant more plants because I want to have more right. vegetables. Right. One of the things churches do is they say, we're going to offer everything under the mm-hmm. sun. 
you know, Christian art classes and Christian music classes. And we're going to do these classes. We're going to have men's breakfasts and women's breakfasts. And we're going to have, you know, widows things. And we're going to have things for singles. And we're going to have all these conferences. And we're going to make sure we're doing things. And every weekend, we're going to have something going on at the church that you can benefit from or that your kids can benefit from, right? We're constantly throwing these things out there. Again, I think it comes from a good place, but mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's been producing the fruit right. that we're looking for. It's just producing in people this thought that if I'm really busy, I'm doing mm-hmm. good. Because mm-hmm. we're not really seeing much fruit from these things, if we're being honest. You know, with our youth, we've had a youth group for a long time. We, we keep our youth very busy. But if you go back and you say, what fruit have we got? We've got some. But I think there's a way to get more because we see a lot that just fall to the wayside. Mm, yeah. We lose them. You know, or... Even with turnovers of, of members, you know, you see that happening and it's like, well, what, what's the purpose of all of this then? Well, mm-hmm. you know, what is the reasoning? Right. And, and the reasoning before would be, we're not working hard enough. Right. Let's do more. Let's do more. Let's do more. Right. And maybe, maybe the answer is what you said. Maybe we need to look at the quality of the things we're doing mm-hmm. and make, do less better. Right. Right. Remember angels in the outfield? Less is more. Remember the well. If I just flap my arms, remember I flap my arms. Yeah, no, I remember. Yeah. You know what I remember from that movie? Nacho. Butt. Yeah, yeah, Nacho. But that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, oh absolutely. Oh my goodness, guys! You brought it up. Hey, Spencer. hey, listen, listen. I, I you're our leader. You yeah, guide and direct. You directed us right into it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think. You know, it's funny because, yeah, I think that if we were to go back to the very basics of what we're supposed to do as churches across the country, this is a, this is something I think all across our country, um, churches have had similar problems and we, we forget the basics of the faith. Um, and if we just did those and we tried to do those well, yeah. Let's focus on those right. things. It's kind of like, well, I, you're a, you're an athlete, Tim, but I'm I'm assuming that Former. this is. <laughs> come on, I've seen it. This guy right here can throw a football and just. Um, but you know how how often do you hear coaches will say, you know, we're going to do the basics really yeah. well, mm-hmm. and sometimes you know the teams that you'll see do really well are not the teams that are all flashy mm-hmm. and can do everything in the world. It's the teams that just don't turn the ball over. And they keep making the yeah. plays they should make. Yeah. They know what they yeah. can do, and mm-hmm. they do that. And, you, and it, right, we say, they'll say, "Trust the process" or yeah. "Trust the system." And that's what I heard Jack Nicholas say one time that in between, so he's a golfer. Yeah, if you don't know who yeah. he is, the Golden Bear, the Golden mm-hmm. Bear. Yeah, <laughs> um, in between the uh, the playoffs and the beginning of the next season, he would go to Florida. In between that time, with his trainer, and he would tell his trainer, "Teach me how to play golf again." Mm. Yeah. Like that's literally go back to the basics. Right. You know, teach me the swing mechanics. Right. And the ball flight. Yeah. It's my mind's going to this and maybe, maybe it's a bad thing, but just thinking about busyness. I remember not too long ago, you know, on Halloween, there was one thing to do. You went Mm -hmm. trick or treating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You went around the neighborhood and you went, you went trick or treating. Well then, churches didn't like to associate themselves with Halloween. And so there was like this thing of you shouldn't go trick or treating because you're a Christian and you're worshiping Satan. If you go get candy, free candy. Uh, so we started doing 
uh, different things at churches. You'd have harvest parties and you would have trunk or treats. And so churches really started doing those things as an alternative. Well, now you had a lot of Christian families trick or treating and going to the trunk or treat <laughs> or the harvest party. Well, now if you look around during that time of season, schools feel the need to do trunk or treats. Um, businesses feel the needs to do trunk or treats. Malls do trunk or treats. Mm. We have trick or treating just in neighborhoods still and churches continue to do mm-hmm. uh, the trunk mm. or treat things. And now Halloween isn't fun anymore where you open up your door and you walk out and you go to all your neighbor's house and get mm-hmm. candy. Now it's mom and dad's got to load everybody in the car and we're going to five different trunk or treats right. and it's going to be a week long spam. We're, we're hitting all these things because if I'm a good parent, I'm going to take advantage of all the opportunities mm-hmm. for my kids, or right? I'm going to mm-hmm. get into these things. And at the end, you're like, man, Halloween is horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm just so tired. So what used to be like this thing where as a community, you know, you saw your neighbors and you yeah. did this thing, which I think is a good thing. Nothing yep. bad about that has turned into this overloaded thing mm-hmm. where again, the school's just trying to do good. We're going to offer a right. trick for people. Right. And the business is trying to do good, but we've just overloaded it. And it's become just, just too much mm-hmm. and it's become so invasive that we expect that and we think well they're trying those places care because they're trying where i see it as why in the heck is the school doing trunk or treat i don't need them to do that right i don't need them to do that in my life i have a neighborhood to right. go to yeah. right or or whatever right and so that's what i'm just trying yeah. to think through right. it, is stuff like is stuff like that you know like we do trunk or treat we have over a thousand people come to it, but we're one of 900 mm-hmm. trunk or treats that happen around here now. Right, so like, right, right. what's the purpose? What's the point <laughs> right. at this? And one of the things is churches, and I think this is important for us as churches to remember is we should do what we're good at. Yeah. And what is, what are we good at as a church? Teaching people the Christian faith. Well, hopefully, I mean, I mean that's what, and that's what we should be. Yes, that, that's yeah. our job. Yeah, that is our yeah. job. Right. If yeah. we're not doing that job, we shouldn't be doing other things. <laughs> Correct. That yeah. is our job. It may be boring to the world, but really, you know, this, I'm the discipleship Christian education guy. But our our church exists for Christian education. Yeah. But what from the ha- pulpit from the, everything yeah. we yeah. do, it's an essential. We're just teaching and learning the Christian faith. But what happens, Spencer, is like when I was doing youth ministry and stuff, parents were like, what do you do for the youth? Mm-hmm. Right. And it was based off of how much. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And I would get a lot of people from other churches come into our youth group and be like, you ask them why, you find out why, and they're like, because of your activities. Mm. You know, you're doing something once a month with the youth and you have Wednesday nights and you have this. And in the summer, you've got this and this and this. And it keeps my kids busy and we like it. And it was this pressure, like, I always have to be doing these Mm -hmm. things. And it didn't seem like it was necessarily to teach the kids about Christ or something. It was just keep my kids busy in a safe environment. That's what I'm looking for. Right. Where they can learn morals where they can be with some people who have some morals, you know, where I can feel safe mm-hmm. that they are there. And it, that's what mm-hmm. I felt judged on, mm-hmm. not content. Right, right. You know, and as a church, I think that it should use the word overburden. Mm-hmm. And I think as a church and as families and as individuals, there are many things that we should, re- we want to pull the burden off of people in their family lives you do not have to be living this way. Now, there is a way. Maybe we should add some, maybe it's add burdens, but 
Um, we should encourage people. There are some things you need to be doing, maybe that we haven't been doing, but maybe we haven't been doing them because we've been trying to do everything else. So for instance, yeah. one of the things I think this is highlighted for family life is the important role of parents in teaching their children the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. I think that's become apparent in homes that you know, the, the word that, you know, the term is family worship that often people have used it. But, but what we're basically saying is, is the parents have a responsibility in the home to teach the Christian faith to their children mm-hmm. and, to ch- and spouses have the responsibility to remind each other about it. Yeah. And, um, and that is such a foundational mm-hmm. element. And whenever we perhaps could cover it up easier whenever we were getting together in church and we were busy, but whenever the pandemic strikes and everything's unmasked, well, then we, this, this was somewhat unmasked. Yeah. And I say that as somebody who's still inconsistent in that sure, in my life. I think and I think are. I, I want to get better at that, but I think that, um, it's highlighted to us, um, that we need to slow down in other areas, but also just, um, continue mm-hmm. to do that, the basic things with our children and our wives and with our family members and with our next door neighbors. Yeah. And so that's why I would say it's our job then as a church not to get families necessarily here busy all the time. Right. But to give them time to be home. Yep. And to train them to do that. Yep. To do just that. Right. Because yep. the comeback could have been not too long ago. Well, I'd love to have family worship with my family, but I'm at church Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday. Like right. I'm there all the time right. for things and I'm never with my family because right. it's men's night, it's women's night, it's right. kids night, mm-hmm. it's this night, mm-hmm. you know, and right. we're never together. Right. Um, I, I just see that as an issue. Again, I think it was uh, from a good place that that yeah. came from. Yeah. yeah. But we've done that long enough now that we see the results we've got. Yeah. And it's not necessarily what we desired, right. I think, and what we hoped right. for. So right. how can we use this pandemic and the, the pause to maybe change things schedule-wise, calendar-wise, to be more accommodating to those things, right. like you said. And really, it's about changing our values, yeah. mm-hmm. changing what's important, mm-hmm. and um, I, I mean, uh, or at least readjusting and resetting ourselves to those things. And I think as we go forward, as we look forward here, as we wrap up this, this time to this discussion here, as we look forward here, we've got a presidential election coming up. We all know that. Um, and then Christmas and Thanksgiving are going to come and half the country is going to be upset and angry and half the country Mm. is going to be gloating and joyful. Um, and and maybe the word gloating is not good, but, but they're going to be happy. And, and so, as we go forward, as we as we do that, we need to know that that's coming. How do we as Christians then take what we've learned and talked about now and apply that to the next four months and going into 2021? I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the narrative that I'm hearing politically of Republicans saying, if the Democrats win, that means the world ends soon. And on the flip side... The Democrats saying, if the Republicans win, everything is probably, America's over. America as we know it is, is officially over. I think that's just extremism. I think that's crazy. I really do. Um, things might change, but it changes, I guess, all the time with every, with every yeah. presidential election. I think that's fear-mongering. I think that's people mm-hmm. really trying to get people on their side to scare, to mm-hmm. scare them into their, 
their view and their belief. And I don't want to be a part of that. I, I don't want to fall into that trap either. I can feel that sometimes mm-hmm. and sense that, mm-hmm. right? Fear coming over me like, man, they're right. If this happens, mm-hmm. it's all downhill. It's a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know. Um, I want to avoid that because, again, like I said, if I've really learned much about this, like I said, I hear this stuff on media. But when I actually live my life in the real world, in my present, current environment, there seems to be a disconnect from mm-hmm. what I hear. There's some similarities, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But it's not as extreme as what I what I hear. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I know I want to carry within my within myself, mm-hmm. you know, is mm-hmm. um God's hand is still moving and still working. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I've heard people say, if this if this happens, if this person gets into office then that means Christ will come soon. It has to mean that. <laughs> I mean, I guess he could come no matter who gets in office. I, I don't know if that's really what Christ bases it uh, off of. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to say, wow. <laughs> huh. But I mean, what they're saying is it's going to be so bad. I can't see it being any worse. Right. 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 Um, I just, I don't know. I I don't want to give into that. <laughs> right, right. No. And, and, and so we need to navigate things. We need to slow down like what we've been talking about. That's one of the things, yeah. right? slow down, Mm -hmm. think about things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That's something else I said recently. Sorry to hijack here. Nobody reads anymore. I'm pretty confident of that. We just listen. Mm. That's all we do is listen now. So I listen to the news. I listen to the Republican National Convention. I listen to the Democratic National Convention, but nobody reads anything anymore. So like, did you read the platform? Did you read this? Have you, or with the COVID stuff, you know, like, are you just listening or have you read stuff? Have you, have you actually went and found reliable sources, which goes back to us, who knows what a reliable yep. source is anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, where you're actually reading, I would say the same for Christians. If all you do is listen to pastors all the time, that's a problem. You should read the Bible, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You read read the Bible yeah. and do your own research. Read commentaries. Read these things like, yeah. no. And I, I think I was telling my dad that recently. I'm like, nobody reads anymore. They just listen. And they listen normally, because it's media, to one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and more people need to, to read and use their brain and not let mm-hmm. other people yeah. use their brain for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's one of the things, you know, with the vote coming up, I don't plan to say much of anything ever from the pulpit about it. Right. That's not my job. Right. But I will say this, as a Christian, as an individual, I do believe it is your job to read up and to vote well. Right. That's what I would say. Read up your Bible first, read, you know, do all those things and then vote well. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think we have a we have, part of our vocation is as a citizen. Sure. And you have that you have a duty yeah to exercise that vocation well mm-hmm. and to do the best that you can. Yeah. And uh, part of that is being informed. Part of that is uh, um, being balanced. And part of mm-hmm. that is uh, is uh, searching for truth Yeah, and not simply... Uh, it's just funny to me that I could go and read Fox News and then I could go and read CNN's news and I could wipe out then about 90% of conversations I have with people because I already know what you're going to say. I've read where you get all your sources. <laughs> I don't need to hear from you. I mean, literally, like, I know where you get your news. That's all that you read, obviously, because that's yeah. all that you talk about. So we just don't need to have this conversation because I, I know what you're going to say. Right. And if I bring up something outside of that realm, 
you're not going to have an answer for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, it's like, you're just listening. You're not, you're not really reading. You're not really engaging. Mm-hmm. You're not really doing your, right. your responsibility, right. which, which not too long ago, people had to do because they didn't have TV. They didn't have these things. And so when they were voting for president, right. they had to read. Right. You know, and they right. had to read the whole platforms yeah. and all these things and really be educated on it to make an educated decision. Mm-hmm. Right. We, right. We just don't do that, it seems yeah. like. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. To add to what you're saying, I think right now it's very important for us to look at everything through the lens of scripture. Mm-hmm. To be, uh, you know, comparing, contrasting, uh, trying to filter everything through what you read in scripture. Uh, so no matter what happens in the next couple months, mm-hmm. no, no matter who was elected for president or, you know, whatever tragedies or another, you know, quarantine or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. happens, like if we're always looking at thing at, at the world and things happening, uh, compared to scripture, then we're always going to have the right view of how to look at these things and how to balance them. Mm-hmm. And we're always going to be looking forward to, yeah, Christ's coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Like, that's our hope. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Like I said, Sunday, you know, we just finished Esther. And I want to be faithful as a Christian and no matter what happens. And so whether God blesses me with that Mordecai moment where I'm in a world that's confusing, but he somehow raises me up in it and blesses me, then fantastic. I'm thankful that he did that. I hope that I remain faithful in that life. But I also want to be faithful like Stephen, Mm -hmm. that if as soon as my ministry starts, all of a sudden I find myself getting ready to be killed, then so be it, as long as I'm faithful in that. Mm -hmm. And in both of those, I shouldn't have fear. Um, To me, when I think about both of those situations, there's a scary aspect to being killed. But there's also a really scary aspect for me to think of raising to any prominence mm. because of how easy it is to slip mm-hmm. into sin and mm-hmm. to slip into these things. Like, I fear both of those almost the same, honestly, mm-hmm. in my life. Mm. Like, I would rather just be, nobody needs to know my name. Let me just kind of <laughs> right. go about my business right. here. Yeah. Um, well, that's in Proverbs, actually. Yeah. Ugger, right? Is it mm-hmm. uh, Proverbs mm-hmm. 30, right? Like, don't give me great riches and don't give me poverty. Yeah. yeah. Just let me, give me what I need and let me <laughs> keep going, yeah. But I don't want to live a life of fear yeah. from right. either extreme. And right. I want to stay guarded in that. Um, again, not being dumb, not walking into situations you know, like I've heard people say, you willing to shake my hand? Well, if God wants me to die, I'm going to die. Like, I think that, I don't think that's a good statement. You know? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I might agree with that. I'm not scared to shake someone's hand, but yeah. I'm going to jump off this cliff. If I die, I die. No, that's stupid. Don't jump off the cliff. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not going to do that. So I'm not, I'm not saying don't use your head. I, that's, that's my point. Right, right. But I just don't want to live with this fear of everything and that, because I'll get angry. I right. would get angry and right. I don't want to be, I don't want to be angry. Right. I have enough. I get angry about stupid, petty stuff. I don't need more. Right. Right. <laughs> right. More. Well, good guys. Thank you so much for uh, chatting with, with me and uh, having this conversation. I hope it's been enjoyable for you to listen to um, as we, we think about, and we just kind of reflect upon what the past months have brought us. And as we look forward to what God has in store for us in the future, um, with the election, but then looking into 2021, which yes, it's, it's closer here than it 
is farther away. And so um, as we look forward to that, we always remember that God, even when the world feels like it's going to fall off the stand, God's going to keep it steady. Mm. God's going to keep it there. And um, he's going to preserve it till the time when Christ returns. So that's our hope ultimately and our confidence knowing that he's in charge. Um, He's got the whole world in his hands. Matt, can you strike up song for us there <laughs> um, so anyway thank you so much for listening we hope you uh you have a good day and, and god bless you and uh, take care bye-bye